We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we we're just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. Welcome to Nobody with a Bible. I'm Chief Nobody Brandon, and here we talk about all the things and use biblical discernment while doing so. So let's dig in. Not using your feelings, but God's truth. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. All right, this is not going to be a popular topic by any means, but it's one that needs to be dealt with, and it's a warning that women need to take seriously and need to understand. And it's not one that's coming from me. It's coming straight from Scripture, and um, there's a few things that we need to discuss here. First, we need to remember, ladies, that it was Eve who sinned first in the garden. And that does matter. That matters in God's created order. And in the curse, we find out that part of the, the curse was the fact that the, the woman was not going to want to be a subject to man. She was going to want to fight him. She was going to be and, and want to make an enemy out of him doesn't want to listen to him but wants to dominate him so if we understand that we understand that you women are starting off with a lot going against you so consistently you have to remember as a woman that i am naturally going to want to disagree with a man i am naturally not going to want to listen to him and I'm going to seek after either other women or other men that are tickling my ears with what I want to hear so if I can dominate one to do it and and say what I want to say then that'll work but for the most part they will seek out other women as well and don't think that this doesn't happen in christianity because it does it happens to you women all the time and i think it happens to a lot of women un you know they're 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 not expecting it they're not thinking about it but before they know it they realize that they're listening to either women teachers or they're listen or women pastors quote-unquote pastors i say that term loosely or they're listening to um you know this this empty music that contemporary christian music is that is just completely empty without any any hint of the holy spirit in it at all they'll go ahead and chant the holy spirit but yet there's there's literally nothing in it okay but you'll 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 chase after those things that you want to hear and you'll, you'll want to turn away from the truth and I've even seen this with a very popular female, quote-unquote, Christian. She's not a Christian at all, but Jen Hatmaker. She's got this big attitude against males and against men in ministry. And, you know, it's the, it's the whole, you know, gray hair, men in suits, listen to us women, oppressing women type attitude that she's pounding in the head to these women. And... What's sad is the those men in suits and, and, and 
gray hair are attempting to tell you and warn you about these things ladies is is what literally what they're doing and they're 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 trying to save your lives but you'll naturally want to go after these women things that's why these women's bible studies have risen um in some cases of course women's bible study uh is acceptable because there's no men in the area that would lead a Bible study and women would have to get together and, and do something like that. I would understand that and I would say, okay, but that's never, that's, that's the exception. That's not the rule. And you can't make that the standard, nor should you search after that because first Timothy chapter two clearly states that women are not permitted to teach, but they are to learn under the authority of a male. And then Paul goes on to explain it's not because men are better than women or any of these things, but because of God's created order and the fact that women, it was a woman that was deceived first and became the transgressor. Okay. All of those things are extremely important. And there's a warning in Paul's letter to Timothy, in his second letter to Timothy, in chapter 3, and, and Paul's letter here is a dying man's words. He knows that he's going to die soon. He's, he's putting everything in to Timothy that he can and he's teaching him how to lead a church, how to lead God's people. I mean, this is where we get church and worship. And, and most of these things come from these pastoral, pastoral epistles. Of course, they come from outside of it as well. But a lot of it comes from here. Okay, but in, in Paul's second letter here in chapter 3, he warns Timothy of godlessness in the last days. So the coming apostasy of the world, the church, the whole deal. It's going to seep in and the church is going to look a lot like the world and it's going to be a mess. And we know that the end days started with the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And since then... It's, it's continuing till the very end of time. So when we see last days in scripture, it's a very loose term. It, we have to pay attention to the con. It's not loose term, it, but you, we have to pay attention to the context that the term is used in because it could mean last days, a long period of time in between the second advent, in between Jesus' first and second comings, this last days. Uh, or we could be speaking of the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period of the last last days. Um, so we we have to we have to understand the context of whatever passages it is that we're reading before we can make any kind of you know application here. But the last days here, and what Paul is writing to Timothy, clearly speaking in between these two advents. 
in between Jesus' first and second coming here. And, and we do assume that Paul, as well as many of the other apostles, thought that Jesus' return would be a little bit sooner uh, than, than they thought. Uh, they started to realize that they would probably not live to see it. And they, they said, okay, this is for the generations that do see this. And so in these last days here, this would be in between these two advents of Christ's first and second coming. And we can see the, the pattern to this and how where the church began and what it became and, and the threats inside of it and where they have come from. And in chapter 3, he begins in verse 1 and telling Timothy, he says that understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpleasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. So he's warning Timothy that inside the church, there's going to be false teachers and false believers who worm their ways in to completely destroy the truth. And he said, this is what they're going to look like. They're going to look like lovers of self, lovers of money. They're going to be proud. They're going to be arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless unpleasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good he says they're gonna be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god so not only will the the believers taint the church with this and the tares in the church these false teachers will come in doing these same things. And we see this today in our mega church movement all around us. I praise the Lord that a lot of these mega churches have been exposed and, and the Lord is tearing them down. Thank, thank you, Lord, for that. These, these people like Carl Lentz and I, you know, I thank the Lord and praise the Lord for what he's doing there. But they haven't gone anywhere. Stephen Furtick's still out there. And I think that we could even just use Stephen Furtick for a perfect example of Elevation Church here. Lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant. If that doesn't explain not only him, but many others like him. Mike Todd's another one. Anybody that's on preachers and sneakers, that's why these things exist. 
It says in verse 5, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Now, this is the verse in verse 6 and 7 that I really want to focus on, and this is what the podcast is all revolved around here. Is verses 6 and 7 because the next thing that he says is something that is vital for you women to understand. In verse 6, Paul writes, For among them, remember, all these people, all these false teachers, all these false believers that have, have come in these last days, it's going to increase and it's going to get worse. We're going to see more of this. That's where we've seen this increase. Okay, so from among them are those who creep into the households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Always learning in verse 7 and never able to arrive at knowledge of the truth. So Paul tells Timothy that there's going to be false teachers that are going to come into women's households and capture them with false teachings because they're burdened with sin and they are burdened with pain because they haven't completely given their life up to Christ. They have not given themselves to him. But they're burdened by it and it burns them and it, but they don't want to. They don't want to. They're fighting it for some reason. Now, I do think that there could be two groups here. I think most of these are unbelievers, professing believers, but they're unbelievers. Now, I do think that there could be a group of women out there who are truly saved and still are burdened by these things and haven't you know that that i think that there could be those but for the most part these are women who love this world and this life and only understand what's right in front of them as a Opposed to even wanting anything to do with looking towards the eternal. So they're denying Christ. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's somebody listening. But the warning that Paul gives is chilling. He, he says they will creep into women's into households and capture weak women burdened by sins and led astray by various passions. Women, you are easy prey for false teachers. Easy prey. You don't even know it. If you're upset and burdened by sin, guess what? Satan's after you. This isn't a joke. It's not a game. Second Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says specifically 
that Satan disguises himself and his demons disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. What that means is that they are Satan and his minions have, and it's really the demons because Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. So it's the demons. But the demons have infiltrated the church and these teachers and these teachings. And they have disguised themselves as things that you want to hear that sound good. That make you feel good. That's why worship music and modern Christian contemporary music is poison for you women. Because all you want to do is get the emotional experience and sing Jesus and all of these things. But yet you are still burdened and led by these various passions and sins. And you just don't want to give it up. You want to mask it like a drug. But he says that they disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. You, do you know how important that is? You're fighting against a demonic enemy. Guess what? The demons are smarter than you. They know more about you. They know more scripture. They know your tics. They know everything about you. Not because they're some kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, godly creature like they they know your thoughts and different things like this but no they they've been around a lot longer than you and they've had plenty of time to study you and to take notes your whole life as a matter of fact they're sitting there watching they know everything about you they know how to get you they know how to pull you down that's not a game and they will do this in a way that you least expect it. In, a, in the way that you least think it. So these are the reasons why if you're sitting there, if you're falling away, if you're not able to, to commit, if you're jumping from one thing to another, if you're in and out of church, if you're in and out of study, if you're in and out of whatever else it is, that's literally demonic powers fighting against you trying to pull you away from a right relationship with Christ and that either they could either be successful and you're an unbeliever or you could just be listening to them and letting them drag you into this and if you're letting them do that you need to call out to the Lord and, and and ask him to deliver you from this and gain a better knowledge and get in a right relationship with him. Because you have these things against you. You have forces that are a lot stronger than you fighting against you. But I see this so often in ministry. People are in or they're out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And you see it in the women because they're just, they're so burdened by sin and they're, they're in so much pain. 
They're suffering so much. Their lives are going so horribly. But it's because you won't give yourself up. It's your fault. You refuse. And you seek after things that tell you what you want to hear to mask it. So you're trying to mask with this worldly Jesus and not the true Lord of Scripture. But we have to understand the infiltration of the church from, from Satan and his demons. And because he's consistently at work in the church. He's not at work out in the world. The world has already fallen. Get that through your skull. Satan's already accomplished the destruction and the fall of man. So that runs on its own just fine. And it needs no power. But where does Satan focus his time and where is he making a constant, a constant accusation against us? It's in the presence of God and in the church. Satan comes looking, sounding, and for the most part, acting right. It's very deceptive. Because you can point to all these things that are so good and so good and you say, yeah, yep. Every single one of those is things that Satan comes as. And he works on the church. And not only on the church, but on women in the church specifically. Because Satan knows that it's mostly nowadays women who have a tendency to be the believers. Which this is a complete opposite order of how we see the fall happen. But now we see women are the ones that have the yearning, the desire to follow the Lord. And the men aren't men anymore and don't want to lead their families in scriptures. And they just follow right along with the women. And they do whatever the women do. And they jump from one thing to another to another, to another, to another, to another, to another, to another. But they never arrive at the truth. Never. As I said, I think there could be a group of women who do this that could be saved. 
I think being burdened, I think being pulled away into to comfort, I think that, okay, I, I would say. But I say for the most part that if you're suffering this way and you're church hopping and getting upset at every other teacher that you hear on YouTube and if you're hating on men teaching and all these other things it's very likely that you are deceived by Satan and you need to repent and come to Christ But this stuff is everywhere. And I think women are the ones that need to be the forefront of fighting this and understanding this and seeing this. Understanding that this is going to come in and going to taint Christ's church. I know women have integrity and fight for that. And fight for the gospel truth in our schools, in our lives with our children, in, in all of these things. I think you all need to be the ones that step up and don't let this happen and say, hey, we're the first to fall here. We need to understand that we are very susceptible to these false teachings. And that's where the woman does fall first into these false teachings. She may be seeking this out now more than man, but falls into the false teaching category a lot more often. Because it's emotional. And it plays off of the things that you want and you need, and it's those things that you've been led astray those various passions, those sins. That's how it happens. So as I said, I think this is not something that's a popular message, but it's something in these end days that's only going to continue to get worse. And women have to be aware of this. Faithful women have to be aware of this and have to be warning other women. And we have to be Paying attention to what's being taught to if there is an over, you know, uh, as I said, if there's different women separation groups inside of the church and women that are that are trying to separate and split up and and get women together rather than having a man there to shepherd them. Get away from that. I understand that they exist, but they're not biblical. There's nowhere that that's biblical. What women can teach is, is specifically in Titus. You teach your children. You raise your children up and other women how to love your husbands. There you go. Quit trying to move forward and, and this excuse of, well, I just need other women to connect with. 
or I need other... No, you don't. That's horrible. You're a bunch of transgressors together. No. In the Lord and Scripture, you need a shepherd. You need somebody guiding you through this. And if there's things that need to be learned, you learn from your husband privately at home. If you don't have that, that's what you're supposed to be seeking. Find yourself a shepherd. And then in that way, you can lead your family yourself. But these different groups now in the church and these different things, this is, this is how Satan works. And he's infiltrating these things. I don't care how good your, your, your church service is, your Bible study is, your whoever else it is. If it's from a woman teaching, regardless of whether or not she calls herself a teacher, she's in her teacher's role. And that's not permitted by scripture. And that's something that we read that is going to be increasing in the end days. And not only that, we take it back to Genesis and say that this is something that women want to do. They want to dominate. They want to lead. But we know that that goes outside God's created order. But still, the, re- the warning stands These false teachings and teachers will creep their way into the church and capture women first. And in turn, women will lead their husbands astray. Women will lead themselves astray and never, ever arrive at the knowledge of the truth. So godly women need to step up and warn other women of such things. You know, if you're putting together a group to warn other women of these things, fine. That's your duty. But that's a far cry from what we see today. So find yourself a shepherd. A local shepherd. There, if, if you can't find one, I will help you find one. I think we should just heed the warning of Second Timothy. On the day of judgment, do not, do not fear for the atheist so much, the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride. He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey, and so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions, and you are to care for my bride. You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle, and when I come back, you'll be rewarded, or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, this steward realizes that the people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old-fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual, paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look 
to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable. 